Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the 18th day of May. I am your host, Paul White, and I'm so honored to have you on board today as we take this journey into Paul's little letter to first to Timothy. We call it First Timothy. We're going to cover First Timothy and then Second Timothy on this journey through these two little epistles. Little in that they don't take long to read, but not little in action and little in theology. These are jam-packed, and they contain some of the most... Um, uh, some of the most... Uh, not unique might be the way to say it. Passages in the New Testament from Paul. It's so Some of them are so unique that that's one of the reasons why some don't attribute Timothy to the Apostle Paul, that maybe it was someone else later acting like Paul. Um, we can't prove or disprove that. I, I've told you before, I don't take too much stock in that. Um, there's been a lot of church history that has accepted these as Pauline, so I stay with that, sort of that orthodox position. But also, I think that sometimes we forget that writers get better. They get better at what they do. If Timothy falls late in the life of Paul, let's not be surprised if it's written in a little different style, um, that it says some things that a wiser old man might say that a younger man might not. And I think maybe one of the reasons we miss that sometimes is because we can fall into this, I think this could be a trap, this way of thinking in which, well, if God is ordaining this, these books, then they should sound the same way all of the time, and that discounts or even ignores altogether each author's personal contribution, be it their own life experience, their own context, their own style, their own character. And so I think we might be having some of that in play when we read this writing as a late writing by the great Apostle Paul. With all of that said, let's get into today's text. 1 Timothy chapter 2. I'll reread the first two verses from yesterday with little comment. I really want to get you to the next couple of verses, but they fall um, in a way in which it helps to see what was in front of them. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings and all who are in high positions, so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and dignity. Here's verse 3, followed by verse 4. This is right. And is acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Um, Let's start with this is right and acceptable in the sight of God. Of course, the reason why we needed the first two verses is because this verse starts with this is right. And if you don't have the first two verses, you might know that Paul thinks it's something's right, but you might not know what he thinks is right. Um, The older versions say this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. But the this is that we are in prayer for all people, but we are are especially in prayer for leadership and high positions so that we may lead a peaceable and quiet life. And that, Paul says, is what God would have you to do. It's good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. It doesn't mean, Paul is not saying that all kings and leaders are good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. This is not on the individual level. This is on the corporate level, I guess is maybe a way to say it. On the individual level, um, there are good 
people and there are bad people. There are people who are good at what they do and, and people that are not very good at it. I think there are leaders who are good leaders in that they serve and that they are pliable and that they are protective of the things that have been put into their charge. I think there are poor leaders in that they consume the sheep, they eat people alive, they fleece them constantly, they are in it for their own gain, their own glory, and their own good. Um, They are poor leaders. They are poor not in that they don't know how to lead. They are poor in that they don't lead people into the greenest grass possible for that person. Um, We have this perception, I think, in our culture that good leaders are people who people will follow. People follow bad leaders all the time. It doesn't make you a good leader because people follow you. Um, If you are leading people to their destruction, you could be the blind leading the blind. Both will fall into the ditch. So Paul isn't giving some blanket thing that it's... leaders are all good and acceptable, but but rather us as believers praying for the people who are in authority, who are in the prominent place, maybe a little closer to the Greek, or or those who have dignity, um, that we may live our lives in peace because of that. And then this phrase from verse 4, who desires everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Quite simply, I mean, a lot of people like to make an argument here that this is a verse um, in which God, everyone is going to get saved because God wants it to be that way. And I don't know that sometimes we aren't overreaching. It's not as if Paul stops and goes into some deeper theological argument here. Um, I think this just speaks to something that was pretty common knowledge among Judaism. Listen to Ezekiel 18.23. Do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, says the Lord God, and not that he should turn from his ways and live? So this is a question that God is asking of his prophet Ezekiel. Do you think I actually like to see the wicked suffer? Paul kind of takes that and says... God desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. He really wants them to know who he is. And that is backed up by Jesus, of course. Jesus, in his prayer to the Father in John chapter 17, says in verse 3, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So Jesus' desire was that every person would know his Father God's desire is not that the wicked would perish. And I think Paul is telling Timothy this, not as a way to get Timothy to understand God's heart, though that isn't a bad thing. He's telling Timothy this in order to show the importance of the people Timothy's praying for. Listen, if you're going to be giving supplication, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving for all men, especially for kings and leaders... You should do it knowing that God desires that even that king and that leader come to the knowledge of the truth. So our prayer is not just, Lord, bless them. Lord, give them wisdom. It is, Father, bring the knowledge of your truth, who you are. Because remember, Jesus is that truth. Bring that knowledge 
to those around me. And it's a little bit of what we said yesterday. The prayer, not just for the knowing of stuff, but for the revelation of who Jesus is. That's what we ought to be pursuing. Tomorrow, we talk about, from verse 5, Christ the mediator. We'll see you then. God bless.